Louisiana. We exalt you, Father. And Lord, we ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you always bless us, that you never let us down. And we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way, spiritually, mentally, physically. Every way that you can bless us, we want to receive it. Hallelujah. We receive it in Jesus' name. Praise God. And we give you all of the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Hallelujah. Well, we talked last uh, yesterday about uh, God's working for us, that we're on schedule. So we're going to finish that today. You know, God is working for us. That's what I'm going to say today. God is working for us that our seed is on schedule. So don't ever fear that your seed, just because you walked away from your seed, don't ever fear that it's not producing because it may lay dormant. It may go to sleep because of our disobedience or because of our lack of interest or we get tired and we no longer think that we want the promise because it's too hard. How many people have said, this is too hard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's just our flesh. Amen. God is with us. He is never. You know what? Our seed may sleep, but God never sleeps nor slumber. He is always watching over that seed. He is, he is you know, just protecting it, blowing his, the breath of life over our seed so that it does not die. The only way your seed can die is that you dig it up and go plant it in another field, like many have done. And that kills your seed. Amen. So as long as you, you know, sometimes we have setbacks. We, we have doubt and unbelief that comes in there. And we get discouraged. But God is saying to you that you're still on schedule. Amen. That's something to rejoice about. Your seed will produce what it is supposed to produce. Amen. So how many of you believe that? You see, God is in charge. Thank God we are not. Because I've dug up my seed and planted it again, dug it up, done all it. But God is in charge. And he watch, watches over. He watches over the word that comes out of our mouth. When we declare the word of God, he watches over that word to perform it. Amen. The word that he speaks. He watches over it to perform it. And so God is never done with us. He's never done working for us. He's never done working with us. And he is always there, even when we sleep in slumber. You know, God never sleeps. Thank God. The things that we're concerned about, he watches over them to, to perform them. Anything he's spoken to us, anything that he says he's going to do, he's good for it. Amen. He is going to do it. He is on schedule even sometimes when we're not. But that seed has a, has a, a due date. You know, it has a, a, a time. You know, for everything, there's a time and a season. And so our seed has a, a time and a schedule, and it's supposed to produce fruit. Amen? And it will do that. God is always working for us, and he does everything with us in mind. Everything that he does, he does with us in mind because we're the apple of his eye. Amen? We're the, we're the very essence of God. Amen? And he... he we're, 
when we dedicate our lives to him, it's like a, a sweet fragrance or a sweet aroma in his nostrils. When we obey him and when we thank him, Father, we thank you and we bless you. When we do that, that's a sweet aroma in God's nostrils. And when we speak uh, a sweet, tender words to him, you know, like in the, in the songs of Solomon. He loves that. And so I, I know that God is still with us. God has never left us. We left him. We leave him sometime. He never leaves us. Same. It is never too late to see your seed, to see your seed come, you know, bloom. It's never too late. The greatest kindness toward us by God was his seed, his son. Amen. His son is his seed, and it was our greatest gift. It was his greatest gift to us. He loves us so much that he graced us with the presence of his son on the inside of us. Amen. On the inside of us. And that's, that is so, that's such an awesome thing to have God give his only son who was so precious to him and give him to us in such a way we'll never lose him. Amen. No matter what you do, you will never lose him. Amen. If you make your bed in heaven, he'll be there. You make your bed in hell, he'll find you there. Amen. There is nowhere that you can go and, and hide from God because we, sh we shouldn't want to hide from him. But he loves us so much that he'll follow us. Amen. Until he win us back into his graces, into his arms, his loving arms, because he loves us. So let's go to Luke 2, and we'll kind of pick up where we left off yesterday. Luke 2. And in verse 13, <clears throat> it says, And suddenly there was with the angel... A multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. And what were they doing? The, the people, the wise men, they were in the multitude. They were waiting patiently. Amen. For the promise. And let's see, verse 15 says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them in heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. Are y'all here? It has come to pass. <laughs> Hallelujah. Which the Lord has made known to us. Amen. And 16 says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in the manger. Hallelujah. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. <clears throat> and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Amen. And so they were discussing everything. They didn't know what to expect, but, and I'm, we're not going to go any further with that, but I put it like this. Jesus was given as a, a peace offering toward God and man. He was a peace offering. Amen. There is nothing that, could you imagine carrying a child and then giving it? 
your only child and given it as a peace offering. Amen? Between us and God. And that's why I believe every baby should be dedicated back to God. Should be, amen? In the same way, we should give our children back to the Lord because uh, they belong to him anyway. Amen? But that just the, the action of what happened, you know, is so sacred and so loving and so powerful. Hallelujah. But Jesus was given as a peace offering to us from God to man, peace and goodwill, and that's an act of love, of his great love. Grace is God at work in us and for us. His favor working in our lives without our self-effort. And we talked about self, self-effort. In other words, you know, God has grace and mercy for us without uh, our works. That's self-effort, without us doing anything. Amen. <clears throat> But God's mercy is new every morning. God has graciously given us and given it to us freely because because he is working for us. See, these are ways that God works for us through his grace, through his mercy, through his forgiveness, through his love, you know, through his loving kindness. He works for us in that way. And so to give back to God what he's given to us, we should give him great gratitude. We should give him thanks and adoration, you know, glory to God in the highest, amen? And when we say things like amen and hallelujah, we're giving him, you know, his props, and we're agreeing with whatever he's doing. So we should always give thanks to God and say these things because it lets God know that we appreciate what he's given, and he's given us everything that he has, amen? Our mercy never runs out. The Bible says it's new every morning. Amen. And what that means is it's fresh and new. You don't ever use some used up, has been mercy. (laughs) But his mercy is fresh and new every morning. Because God is so faithful towards us. And he just gives us, loads us with daily benefits every day. You can go to him and... You can discuss, amen, discuss with him something new. And he doesn't care. He has an answer for everything, amen. His mercy endures forever. And daily he loads us with benefits. And he gives us his very best. His son was his very best. But he gives us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And there is nothing that that leaves out. There is nothing that God leaves out. Whatever you need, he has the answer, whatever we want. God has the answer for everything. He doesn't leave anything out. When he gave us his only son, that covered everything. He died to give us all things freely. And we should trust in that. Trust in what God has done. Trust in what he's doing. Trust in what he's promised us. Amen. Because whatever God has decreed, it shall be so. And we can bank on it. Amen. So why don't we turn to Psalm 136. Hallelujah. We're going to trust in God and trust what he tells us because God can do anything. Put our trust in him and not in man. And certainly not in ourselves. Because self, excuse me, self-effort leads us nowhere. 
Amen. We've all tried that, and we've tried and failed. <clears throat> Hallelujah. It's very quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> but <clears throat> we've all tried and we've failed, but God never fails. He is faithful, and there's nothing he can't do because his mercy for us and his love never dies. Amen. So Psalm 136, verse 1 <clears throat> And it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Oh, give thanks to the, to the God of gods. <coughs> Excuse me. In, in other words, he is God over everything. These other gods are not God, but he is God and Lord over all. Amen. He is more powerful than any God. In fact, there is no other God except him. <coughs> People tend to find so many other gods to worship, but he is God and Lord over all. Amen. He's the God of all gods. Verse 3 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever, and to him alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. And I could go on and on with this thing about how good God is. Verse 5 says, To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. And to him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day. For his mercy endures forever, and the moon and the stars to rule at night, for his mercy endures forever. God is enduring. No one can put an end to him. Isn't that something? (coughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Nobody can put an end to him. Hallelujah. Nobody gave him his beginning. He is God over all, and we need to let him know by thanksgiving and by worshiping and thanking him that we trust in him and that our lives are safe, according to Psalm 91, in him. Amen. He gives us all things to um, enjoy, but he also helps us to endure all things. And so God is on the throne. Hallelujah. His mercy endures forever. So we need to give thanks. God is working for us, as you can see in these scriptures. Not against us, but for us. And we are still on schedule. With all that is working for us, and really we do things to, to hold, <laughs> and well, we do things to cause our promise to get put on the shelf. But the good thing about God is he, does, he doesn't allow our seed to grow dormant. He causes our seed to always flower and bloom. Amen. He causes us to work. He causes our hands to prosper. He gives us keys to to unlock and to, um, how can I put it? He gives us wisdom and knowledge, everything that we need to make our lives better and to make our lives successful. And so all we need to do is trust and obey him. And all these things will work for us and not against us. God is working for us and not against us. And we need to remind ourselves of that every day. 
Just because we don't see things happening doesn't mean they're not happening. God is working for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Your seed will always bring a harvest. And God will make sure that we are on schedule to receive the promise. You need to tell God, no, I will not die until I see the promise. Amen. I will live and not die. But I will see the promise. And you need to tell the devil that too. Remind him that you will see the promise and you will not die until that promise comes to pass. Hallelujah. You will receive the promise. Jairus' daughter wasn't dead but sleeping. The woman with the issue spent all she had for healing of 12 years. You know, well, 12 years being sick. She spent all she had for 12 years. And when you don't get the harvest right away, it doesn't mean it's not coming. Amen. It doesn't mean it's late. But God is always on schedule with what you are waiting for. So let patience have its perfect work. We talked about this yesterday. Let patience have its perfect work in us because patience prepares you for what's to come. When you try to jump out of the, well, my parents used to say out of the fire, fire, out of the pan into the fire, fire or fire into the pan, frying pan, whatever. But it was they were saying, look, don't try to move too fast. You know what I'm saying? Have patience and learn to endure some things. You have to learn to endure hardships. And the Bible says, like a soldier, Amen. And so God is always working towards victory with us. He's always encouraging us to uh, fight the good fight of faith and not lose hope. The most important thing we can remember is not to lose hope because our seed always brings a harvest. Amen. It always, it cannot fail other than if we dig it up. But if we don't dig up our seed and go plant in another field, our seed will not die. The devil can't kill your seed. Amen. He cannot kill your seed. So we, we want to harvest right away. It doesn't work like that all the time. Some things come right away. Most things don't. Amen. But it's never late. <laughs> God knows what you need. He knows what, you, what he's doing. And it's never late. So keep your faith alive with your works. And when we say works, we mean that corresponding action, which, which uh, leaps from faith or it comes from faith. You know, in other words, when you're walking in faith, you'll do something. Whatever you need to do or whatever God is speaking to you to do, you'll do those things to stay in faith until your harvest comes. So there's a, um, there's a, we talked yesterday about a works that you, you do from your flesh, the works of your flesh. That, that just prevails nothing. Most of the time when people have works of the flesh, they're doing things to please God, to earn what they want from him. And you cannot earn anything from God. Because if you're, you are doing things to earn something or to please God, then that means he owes you something. And so God owes no man anything but to love him, and we the same. But when you, uh, faith without works is dead. And so when you're in faith, there are some things that you will automatically do because of your faith 
to show God that you mean business and that you're fulfilling your end of whatever it is that you need to have happen. And so God is always with us. Amen. He is with us and he'll show us. Our faith will tell us what to do. But when you're just trying to think of things to do to please God, then that's works of the flesh. And when you have works of the flesh, it prevails nothing. Amen. James 2.20 talks about the works of the flesh. And it says that, you know, you cannot have works of the flesh. You should not have the works of the flesh. Let's go there. Let's go to, to uh, James 2, verse 20, right quick. I didn't plan to, but I think we need to, just to refresh our, our minds from yesterday. Hallelujah. James 2, 20. And it says, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Amen. You cannot have the works of the flesh, but you have to have the works that goes along with your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 21 says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac with his son on the altar? And do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. So the works that came with his faith when Abraham lifted up that, that knife to take his son's life, that was a, an action or that was a works that came from his faith. He wasn't trying to earn anything from God, but he was obeying the spirit of God. Amen. And so when God, because that's how God can see where our hearts are. And when God saw that, he said, no, don't do it. But when you do things to show God or to earn something from God, well, I did this God, so you need to do that. Then that, that, that's bargaining with God. And we're out of line. We're in the flesh. That those things come from our flesh and not from our spirit. Not like when Abraham drew the, took his son up on the mountain. It's a different kind of works. That's works of the flesh. And that means when we do the works of the flesh, God owes us something. And so when you bargain with God like that, you can't win. But when you uh, do that action, that corresponding action that goes along with your faith, you will always receive something from God that causes you to receive the promise sooner, quicker, and it lets God know that you are working with him and not against him. You're waiting on him patiently, and you're not trying to take over this whole project and do things in your timing. Amen? And so Abraham was moving by faith, by the faith of God. Amen? And not by dead works. Hallelujah. Not works of the flesh, but works that carry carries from your faith. Your works should be carried by your faith and not something that you conjure up in your mind. Amen. Your mind has no place for what God's doing. Your our minds he doesn't talk to our minds, he talks to our hearts. Amen. And so God you can't make God or force God to do something that he's not ready to do because really if he haven't done it, it's because we're not ready. 
Amen. And that's why we have to allow patience to have its perfect work in us. Amen. So why don't we go to Mark 5. Let's go back. Hallelujah. Mark 5. Mark 5, verse 30. Let's go to verse 21. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side. You know, you ever looked, uh, whenever you see God crossing over to the other side, you know what that means? It means that he has work to do. (laughs) He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He has work. He always does a work. When it says, let's cross over to the other side, he has a great work to complete. So now when Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, and she may be healed, and she will live. Amen. Now, one thing I can say for this father is he had faith and confidence. He knew that if God laid hands on that that girl, she would be healed. Amen. Verse 24. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman. And we know this was the woman with the issue. But isn't it funny how when God goes to the other side or Jesus goes to the other side, there's much work to do. And he never, ever goes to one place to do one specific thing before another situation pops up. You ever notice that? Amen. And so when he stopped in that synagogue, I think it's in the book of Luke 4, and when he read from the Bible and said, this day is your scripture fulfilled in your ears, he was on the way to raise Lazarus from the dead. But he stopped at the synagogue. You know, it's funny how everything that he has on his schedule kind of, to me, has a, a little delay in it. But I think that's on, I know that's on purpose. Because he wants people to know he's never late. (laughs) Because remember Mary and Martha said, my brother is dead. And if Jesus had come three days ago, he would have been. But he took his time and he went to Jairus' daughter. But he, he he dealt with the woman with the issue. He had so many things on his agenda because Jesus can take care of it all. Amen. Nothing is ever too much for him to handle. Amen. He can handle it all. And so he was going to Jairus' house to lay hands on a daughter, but the woman with the issue. Hallelujah. The woman with the issue. And it says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She has spent all she had and was no better, but grew rather grew worse. And then she heard about Jesus, and she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Amen. Hallelujah. And see, when it says she heard, that word is underlined in my Bible. Is it underlined in yours? If it's not, underline that. Because, see, it's so important to understand 
that you hear what the Spirit is saying. This woman heard what the Spirit of God was saying to her. And the Spirit led, led her to God, saying, He has your answer. Amen? He has your answer. He always has our answer. Amen. And he is never, his agenda is never too full that he can't do everything that his father ordained for him to get done throughout his life. Amen. Hallelujah. And so she heard the voice of the Lord. You have to hear the, the Lord's voice to be in the right place at the right time. 27 says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. And for she said, if only I had touched, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the power had gone out of him, amen, and they're talking about that virtue and that power, that miracle-working power that he carries on the inside of him, he felt it when that woman received her healing by faith, he felt the virtue drain out of him, amen. And see, when she heard, when she heard, the spirit of the Lord saying to her that today was your day to go and to be where she was at the right place at the right time. The healing virtue flowed. And this is the connection that we have. You know, we all can do that. When it, whatever we need for God, we can get it on time, in the right timing, on the right day. God does not have secrets. These secrets are not, you know, from us, for us, you know, about we can know what God, this is what I'm trying to say, we can know what he has in store for us. We ought to know. By faith we know. By faith this woman heard the voice tell her where to be at a specific time in a specific place, that Jesus is coming and he has the answer for you. So in other words, God always has our answer. Amen. He is never without something from us. So he said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched my clothes? In other words, they're thinking that this is a a natural touch, but God is talking about a spiritual touch. Amen? And it says, you say, who touched me? Verse 32 And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that she had, what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. So faith is above any law. And that law was that she was not of descent where she could be out and around people because of her heritage and her condition. She was bleeding and she was not to be around other people. But see, when you, when you got faith, you can break the law. There is no law against love. <laughs> love and faith, there is no law. Amen. You don't have to follow the law. You follow the Holy Spirit. 
and you act accordingly. She crawled to get to her answer. She knew he had, and that's what sticks out in my mind. She knew he had her answer. She knew where her answer was. It wasn't in the men anymore. It wasn't in the doctors anymore. Amen. And I love it how God works because he forced her away from the doctors because they took all her money. And he allowed it so that she could come to him and receive what she really needed. And that was his touch. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's go to Mark 5. Praise God. Did we go to Mark 5? We did that one already. Sorry about that. Uh, no, wait a minute. We're in Mark. Let's go to 535. Let's drop down to 35. Sorry about that. And it says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Now, by this time, he's, uh, healed, he's healed the woman with the issue. And then here comes someone in the synagogue saying, your daughter is dead with bad information. You know, the evil report is what we call it. Hallelujah. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Amen. As soon as Jesus heard the words that were spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. Amen. When Jesus tells you don't be afraid, only believe after a death, he has a resurrection in mind. Amen. Hallelujah. He has a miracle in mind. And so, you know what? That would be good enough for me. I said, well, that's good. Then, okay. <laughs> so, let's go. <laughs> and do what you need to do in between. If you got something else to do between time, do it because I'm good. Amen. Hallelujah. Did we do 36? As soon as Jesus heard the word, oh, yes, yeah, was spoken. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. We read that. 37, and he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult of those who wept and wailing. This was the mourners that beat him to the house because it's like this. They're into death, not life. They're thinking it's too late. There's nothing that can be done. So they got their pay, you know, honest day's pay for honest day's work. We're, the, we're hired as mourners. <laughs> and so they were mourning, verse 39. And when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. Well, I say to you today that your seed is not dead but sleeping. Amen. And seeds can be resurrected with your faith. So whatever you have not been doing, whatever you've been doing, keep doing. If you've not been doing enough, do more. But get your instructions from God and water that seed. Not Don't give up on your seed because it is not dead, it is sleeping. Amen. <laughs> Why did your seed fall asleep? Because you gave up on it. You have not been acting on it. You thought that because of time and the time that has passed, that it was too late. Am I talking to anybody here? Amen. But God is saying in this hour, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to have faith for that thing any longer. But have faith and it will resurrect 
because he says he can blow the breath of life on anything if we start to speak and command that seed to prosper and to bear fruit it will do not give up amen don't give up on your seed it is not dead but you allowed it to fall asleep amen hallelujah let's finish with this and i think we're in verse 41 or 40 and they ridiculed him but when he had put them all all outside i love that more than anything he took the father and mother of the child and those who were with him and entreated oh what is that and entered where the child was lying and when he took the child by the hand and said to her talitha kumi which is translated little girl i say to you arise and you can tell your seed to arise. Amen. Speak life. This is all he's doing is speaking life to this little girl. And 42 says, immediately the little girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years old of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know and said that something should be given to her to eat. Amen. In other words, don't talk to these negative people about what happened. Because you, even though you get a miracle and you talk to negativity a little too much, it will bring negative. You'll pick that negativity up and then lose. That's how people lose their healing, I believe. You know, they go back. Amen. Uh, we had a woman that kept coming to the ministry, getting healed. And I would tell her, don't go back to the, the religious church. She would stay a little while, and then she said, well, I went to that church for 29 or 39 years, whatever. And I said, I appreciate that, but your healing is not there. She would keep sneaking back, come back sick, and get healed again. And I told her, don't go back. She'd go back, come back sick. And I told her, I said, don't you have another church that you can go to? Because at that time, we didn't have, a, we weren't a church. We were just a ministry. And I said, there's a church on the corner of your street, and they seem to be good people. Can you go there? And she says, oh, yeah, I know everybody there. In fact, when I was in the hospital, they raised money for me, and they came and did some house cleaning. They were very good to me. And I said, well, can you go there? And she says, yeah, I can go there. And she went for a while, but she went back to the church that where she had been for, you know, bought a pew. And pretty soon, she was gone. Amen. And she didn't understand, to me, you know, when I was trying to explain to her, she didn't want to receive it, and she didn't understand. And I just told her one day, I said, look, I said, there is no Holy Spirit in that place. I said, it's a dead church. And, of course, she got mad, and she went back, and then we got a call from her daughter, you know, not, not long after that. And this is why Jesus told this, these people that. He says, don't talk to those people who are negative. Amen? Because they don't understand what had just happened. They don't understand healing. And they're going to talk about it because they talked to him negatively before he told the girl to wake up. And this is why he didn't want them to correspond with these people. And this is what I was trying to tell this woman not to go back there where negative spirit was. And I'm telling you, negativity will kill you. It will kill you. Amen. 
But you have to continue. That you want to be around people that speak life. You want to be around people who have faith and people of like faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. It's not up to us because, yeah, we love people and, you know, I didn't like leaving the traditional church where, and it was all that I knew. But I went from being a Catholic to a Baptist, and when God told me to leave, I left. Amen. And he had to do some things to me to make me leave. <laughs> but I finally left because I wanted life. I wanted to be where life was. Amen. And so the place that he wanted me, he made my car stop right in front of the church where he wanted me. Okay, so I was stubborn. But you know, these, this, this religious system can have a pull on you. Amen. People don't realize how dangerous and how strong it is. And I was never so glad. Now, you know that's sad when God tells you to leave, you don't leave. He says leave, you don't leave. I'm going to move you. And then when you finally get moved, you happy as a lark. Amen. It's called us humans. Amen. But this woman just refused to, she refused to listen. But, she, but God healed her three or four times. Amen. And it's just, you know, when you just continue to uh, be stubborn and don't obey God, there's a consequence to pay. And so she went on, she went to heaven, you know, but she didn't live out the, the length of her days because she wasn't 70. You know. So anyway, you know, these things happen, but we learn from we're supposed to learn and obey and listen to the voice of God. And this is why God told this little girl's parents not to, what was his exact words? He commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given to her to eat. It's like, look, go take care of your daughter and don't talk about this to anybody. Amen. So in other words, your miracle is still on schedule. So don't give up or become weary while doing well. That's Galatians 6, 9. It says, don't be weary while doing well because in due season, if you don't faint, you will receive the harvest. Amen. And so we have to give ourselves over to truth. Give ourselves over to what God is implying. Trust God and do everything that he tells us to do, and we will see the manifestation of the promise. Amen. God, don't give in to doubt and unbelief. And see, that's what uh, negativity causes, doubt and unbelief. And that's why you have to be around right people, these people that's going to encourage you. And even if they don't encourage you, the atmosphere is right for you to receive what you need. Amen. <laughs> I just, this one person was talking to me one time, and she said, well, I go to a church, nobody likes me there. And I said, well, did God send you there? Yeah, he sent me there, but I don't want to go because nobody likes me there. I said, well, you didn't go there to be liked. You went there to receive a miracle. Amen. So the devil's always going to put some opposition in there to cause you to want to move cause you want to leave. That's what he does. Amen. There'll be somebody sitting there that wants to talk and say something stupid to you. But, you know, you have to think right and not be fooled by the enemy because the devil's got a lot of tricks, even in church, amen? especially in church. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you trust God, trust God with what's going on. Amen. And do the right thing. It's already done. Amen. You're not 
begging God and praying for him to do something that's already done. All you're doing is flowing with what's done, flowing with what's already done, and at the appointed time you will receive the promise if you don't faint. Amen. So keep doing good. Don't get weary when you're doing good. Don't allow the devil to cause you to want to stop doing good because it is not in vain. Nothing that you do for God is for nothing. Nothing that you do is in vain. Righteousness is a blessing. Amen. And God, he respects righteousness. And so don't ever give up on doing what is right. Amen. Because God is working for us. Hallelujah. You don't have to plead with God because he's already done it. It's already done. Amen. Why? Because we're heirs. We should know. We're supposed to know who we are. See, these promises of God are yes and amen. He's already approved. He's put the stamp of approval on everything that he's promised us. It's already done, but we have it's up to us to get them into full manifestation of the net in the natural realm. And and sometimes, you know, there's a holdup with how we feel on the inside. Sometimes the devil can come with it and rear his head and make us angry and we want to get, get mad and quit. But I'm telling you, everything, if you just, just repent and get back in there because you're here to serve God and to worship him, not people. Amen. Hallelujah. And so if you'll do these things, God comes and he provides. Amen. And he's provided everything for us. All we have to do is obey him and trust him. And don't look at what you see. Look at what you know. Consider what you know. Amen. Don't consider the things, those, these, these things that come up against you, these obstacles. Don't consider them. Amen. We, we're the, let's see, Abraham is our father and we're his heirs. And so because of him, you know, his righteousness or when he believed God, it was accounted to him as righteousness, we received that same righteousness. And so we are righteous people. We do dumb things a lot, but see, there's repentance. We repent and forgive people and keep moving with God because he, God has not changed his mind. He has not changed his mind. Your blessing is still with him. Amen? Hallelujah. So don't sow to the flesh. Sow to the spirit. Amen. Keep thinking and sowing to the spirit. When you sow to the flesh, you do what your mind tells you to do. And these are clever things that seem right, but they're not right. You know, according to Psalm, I can't remember that Psalm. You know, there's a way to a man that seems right. Amen? So we can't go with what seems right. But we have to go with what we know. Go with what God has told us to do and be obedient and not try to have, make our flesh satisfied, do what we think. See, sometimes this is why people make wrong moves. Because they made up in their minds, I'm going to do it. And they they don't want to change their mind. If we change our minds, then that means that we were wrong. We want to be right because the flesh screams out, and it doesn't scream out for righteousness. It screams out to be right, amen. (laughs) And so we don't want to be wrong or look wrong or make it look like we're easy and soft. 
we don't want to change our minds. But I'm telling you, you're doing things. You change your mind because God has spoken. Amen? You change your mind because you you worship and you honor the right things that God has uh, provided and the right things that he has planned for you. And we are not trying to be um, stars or we're just, we just want to obey God. And if that's not your motive, then repent and get with God. Amen. So the Steve is still alive and producing no matter how long it's been. If you've given up on something for 10, 20 years, the seed is still there. It's not, it's laying dormant, but it's not dead. Amen. So start speaking life to your seed and you'll see it start to produce. Have faith in what God promised you. Have faith in what you say you wanted. Have faith in that vision, amen? Because see, it's like this. We still want it. Nothing's changed. Sometimes we can live without that vision and without that that thing in our hearts motivating us because now it's in our flesh and we don't want it no more because of anger or being tired or thinking God's not with us. But I'm telling you, if you repent, God can put that thing back in your heart, amen, and we can start to speak to it, and we can see it come to pass. And it doesn't take as long as you think. In fact, it's already provided. It's already done. All we have to do is pick up on it again, start to nurture it again, start to water that seed again, amen. You water it with your faith and with your expectation and with your confidence in God. Amen. Start to believe and not doubt. Doubt and unbelief are the, the two things that will cause your vision to fade. It will cause you to think that that seed will never will never come to, uh, to fruition. But I'm telling you, much fruit will come from that seed if you will start to long for it again. It, well, I don't want to be disappointed. Well, you don't have to be disappointed. Just don't be. You don't want to be, don't be. (laughs) It's really as simple as that. If you don't want to be disappointed, then don't be disappointed. Expect, have expectation, amen, and trust God that what he says he'll do, he will, he can deliver. Some of us think God can't do something because it looks so impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. Absolutely nothing is impossible with God. The same God, look, look at the last blessing you received. Go back to the last place where you were blessed and pick up that, uh, I can't say, pick up that encouragement again. Amen? Pick up that excitement about what's going on with God and what he's promised you because the seed never dies. Once it's been sown, it never dies. So keep faith on it, that, that water of faith, that watering it with your confidence and with expectation. So keep keep watering, keep expecting, and give it your testimony. Speak to that seed. Tell it what you want it to do. Talk to it and, te- and thank God for it. Amen. Thank God for your husband. Thank God for your wife. Amen. Thank God for the children that you're going to have. I mean, we it's time. You know what? Amos 9, 
9.13 is telling us that it is time for these things. Amen. So God has already made the conditions conducive for a big miracle. You don't even have to get the atmosphere right. The atmosphere is right already. Amen. According to Amos 9.13. And so all we need to do is get in a right position and when I say a right position, I mean a, a right mind frame, amen, so that you can receive what God has for you. Because, see, sitting up being angry about it, saying, I don't want it, that's you talking crazy to you. Because God's not listening. Because he knows what's in the heart of a man. Pride and arrogance will cause you to say you don't want it, and we've all been there. But don't you change your mind after you say a few prayers and repent. And God puts that thing back in your heart. God will even motivate you to desire that thing again. Amen. And as soon as that desire comes back, that God implants in your heart, the seed starts to grow again. Amen. See, we can't see what a seed is doing under the ground, but we have to know and understand that that seed is always alive and it's taking on new life, taking on a creativity. Whatever it is that God wants your seed to do, it will do. But you have to allow it. You have to let it happen. Amen. And you have to desire. Just tell God, you know, God, I gave up. And I want this again. And and you need, this is why you need to want it. And this is what people say, I don't need it. Well, okay. But you need to desire it because God has already given it to you. He wants you to have it. God doesn't give bad gifts. He gives gifts that's going to enhance you better you, bless you, encourage you. He doesn't give you anything that's not good. So if you ain't feeling it, as people say, then go to God and ask him to motivate you again. Amen. Because sometimes, uh, what's that scripture that says, um, it makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. It makes the heart sick. But you don't have to stay there. You don't have to park there. Amen. I had some person that told me, kept giving me that scripture, giving me that. Well, hope makes that. Yeah, you know. And she was angry because God didn't do what he had promised that he was going to do and kept giving me that scripture. And I told her, I said, look, I said, anytime you get, you get tired of being where you are, you can move back over into faith. You're not in faith. I am in faith. You ain't in faith. Amen. And so whenever... You know, you're, you're discouraged. That's just discouragement, that hope deferred. It's discouragement, and I understand that, but there's no reason that you have to park there. Don't build a house there. Just get back with God and ask God to make it real. I've had to ask God to, <laughs> you're going to have to encourage me again. You're going to have to make this real to me. And so God will do that. And he will encourage you, he will bless you, and he'll put it in your heart again where you will desire these things again. Because your little seed is sitting there under the earth waiting for somebody to just come and give it a little drink of water. Amen? And so you water it by your faith and with your words, you know, with your 
uh, enthusiasm, with your expectation, you water your seed. But God, one thing about God that I love is that he watches over that seed, just like he watches over that word. He never lets your seed die. Because he knows how his creation is. We get mad. We get discouraged. We de- I don't want to work. I'm not believing for it no more. I don't need it. He understands. Well, I'm not going to even say he understands. He knows. He knows. But he wants us to move from this place and move into a place of encouragement so that we can be blessed and enjoy the promise. Amen? Because God wants us to enjoy all these things that he's promised us because he's a man of his word. You know, he will not promise you one thing and give you another. But he gives good gifts to men, all good things. So whatever he's promised you, amen. Whatever he's promised you is good. It's good. It's not bad. So you need, in other words, you need to desire it. You need to want it. And you need to fight for it because it's not bad. It's a good thing. Amen. So never give up on your seed. Your seeds of prayer. Your seeds are the prayers that you pray. The, the, you fought the devil and won for these things that it, are due you. Amen. So expect them to spring up. Whatever you've planted, expect it to spring up. Trust God. Pray to him. You know, talk to him about it. If, if you're not feeling right about a specific thing, talk and get it straightened out with God. Amen. And start to encourage and enjoy life again. You, have you ever thought about when you're expecting the promise? You, you ever notice how much more joy you have in your life? And then when you give up on something or that doubt and unbelief comes, you get dry. Because there's life in the sea. Amen? And when there's life, that life is, is uh, transmitted to, to me and you. And we're happier. We're encouraged as long as we're expecting something. It's bad to wake up on Christmas morning and expect nothing and get nothing bad feeling. But when you're expecting something because you know something is coming, maybe somebody promised you something and they tell you, but you got to wait until Christmas. It's, Christmas is always more fun. When you wake up and you see the gift and you say, wow, it's nicer than I thought it was going to be. Well, it's the same thing with any gift that comes from God. It's better than you think it's going to be. Amen. It's going to enhance you, make you better, bless you, make you stronger, work together with you you know, and and encourage you. And so this is why God instituted marriage because it makes you a better person because two is better than one. Desire marriage, amen. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on having children. Don't give up on whatever it is that God has promised you because he didn't change. He never said you can't have that now. That came from this meat grinder trying to figure figure out because we've allowed ourselves to become dry and dull amen but god is full of life and he promises us life in it more abundantly and he promises us good gifts he gives good gifts to men whatever it is that he has promised you repent and pick it up again because that seed is is still alive and the seed dominates the soil. In other words, that seed is telling that soil, I'm not dying, and don't dig me up. 
I'm going to send me some moisture from somewhere because I'm going to continue to fight to live until this person gets a brain and starts to speak life to me again. Amen. I am not going to die, but I will live. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a good thing God wants us to have whatsoever we say. And so the seed always dominates the soil and will bring a harvest if we work with it and allow it and expect it. All you got to do really is expect this to happen, and it will. And don't, and this is the thing, and consider not what you see. Consider not what you're going through. Amen? So it doesn't look like it. So what's that got to do with anything? If you think about it really closely, it really has nothing to do with anything. It's, you know what, what it is that makes us discouraged and not expect and think it's over? It's our carnal mind our carnal thinking, because we refuse to renew our minds in the Word. We refuse to stop thinking the old carnal way. We continue to allow the old nature to come in and dictate what we're going to do, how we're going to live, what we're going to have, instead of following God's plan and purpose for our lives. We start to to, you know, consider these things. And the Bible clearly says that Abraham considered not the deadness of his body. Now, if, if ever somebody had should have given, given up, it should have been him. And they should have given up him and Sarah. He says, nor did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Amen. And, but he considered not. How did he do that? He learned to trust God. After a plan B failure, <laughs> he learned very quickly to trust in God. Amen. And not let go of those promises. So you say, I'm the father of many. So it shall be. Amen. And so he picked that up from God and he never let it down. I am going to be the father of many nations. And so if he's told you that you're going to be a parent or you're going to be a, a wife and a mother, or whatever it is that he's told you you're going to be, then you have to prepare for that. And one way, amen, the best way to prepare for it is to start to incorporate that in your life. And I heard this preacher talking, and he was saying that this couple in his church could not have children. Well, I won't make the story long, but they expected and expected and expected for many years. Like four or five years, it never happened. And so finally, um, they had come to him, and he ministered to them. And he told them about this other woman that was in the congregation that had the same situation. Well, they did it. What they did, they went and they bought furniture for a whole nursery. They just furnished a whole nursery. And, and she would go in there after dinner and, and rock the little toy, the, the, not toy, but the little bear that she bought the baby. And she would go and sit in that chair. And the next year, after they, they fixed that nursery up, the next year, she was rocking a real baby. Amen. And it's, it's because that promise came alive when they had that, did that corresponding action to their faith. First, they got in faith. And they picked up the, the promise again. That seed that had grown, that was laying dormant, they spoke life to it again. Then they started to believe it. 
And so when they pick that up, then they start to trust God again. Amen? And when they start trusting God, that faith that started to grow on the inside of them caused them to do something, caused them to, to plan that nursery and make it, and that was the corresponding action to their faith. And when that happened, it happened. Amen? So that same seed that they had been you know, praying about and concerned about and every day, every year that went by, nothing, and every year until they start to have doubt and unbelief. But they went and they got some encouragement from the pastor. And when he told them what happened to this other woman, they figured if it happened for her, God would do it for me. And they were exactly right because there's no partiality in Christ, you know. What he does for one person, he'll do for another. Amen. And so they didn't care if they looked like copycats. See, it's like this. How bad do you want what God has for you? Amen. How bad do you want the promise? And so when they picked up on this, they started to speak to that seed, water the seed. You know, they started to fertilize it and, and just speak to it and encourage, you know, that seed and encourage one another. When you speak to your seed and when you speak life, it encourages you. And they received. She was pregnant, and she would go in that nursery every evening after dinner, and pretty soon there was a real baby. We, amen. I won't go into it, but there's another woman that we, we met uh, early in the ministry, and she bought a high chair and used to just sit food on there, you know, bought baby food. And, and it, before you know it, there was a baby in that high chair. So when you believe something, it's good to do a second step. I don't know if God won't do it if you don't. But all I know is a corresponding action to your faith works. It works, amen. Because I, I believe that if you trust God and believe what he tells you to do, something will happen. Amen? As long as you don't uh, allow your seed to sleep too long and lay dormant too long, I, I know that when you repent and you get back with God, you know, I know that God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. But it's according to what you believe, what you think. What do you believe God's going to do? And if it doesn't, if it doesn't match with what God has promised, repent and get in your word and change your thinking. Change how you think. Because the problem is how we think. Amen? And so you have to cut off every negative voice that's talking to you, telling you it's too late. It ain't too late. The seed is still alive. Amen. If you spoke of it once, it's still there. And so think about your seed sometimes in your, your private time and start to speak to it and start to believe again. Start to ask God to bring it to pass. You know, and this is what God wants to know. Do you still want it? Do you still want it? Hallelujah. He can't tell by your actions, and he can't tell by your mouth. Amen. Well, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> Let's go to Mark 26. Mark, I'm sorry, 4. Mark 4, verse 26. Hallelujah. And it says, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. And should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow, 
he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately it puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Hallelujah. And I do believe that we're there now. Amen. The harvest has come. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the soil will produce whatever, the soil will produce whether it's sleeping or awake, whether that seed is sleeping. It's like this. So I ignored my seed for years. But the soil will still produce that seed, whatever is sleeping or awake. Because that, once you start speaking to that seed, it will dominate that soil. I'm telling you, that's something to know. And when you know that that seed is still alive and it will dominate the soil when you start to speak to it and you start to speak to it because it's become alive again in your heart. God has put that thing back in your heart very strongly. And when you start speaking to it, please call it forth in the name of Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So the soil will produce whether it's sleeping or not. And there will always be a harvest. God will see to it because he never sleeps or slumber. And that's the thing that we have to remember. Although we sleep in slumber, God never does. Although we lose control of the, the promises and we lose hope in the promises of God, God never sleeps or slumber. Amen. The harvest is coming, so trust God and use your faith. Your faith will bring it to pass. Because your faith will see it through. Your faith is, your faith will carry you through anything. Your faith will produce anything that you want. You don't want anything that's too hard for your faith to bring into, into existence. Whatever you need, your faith can bring it into the natural realm. Whatever you need, whatever you did wrong, if you can just face that, See, this, when we do wrong, this is what happens. We get into pride. And we don't want to hear it. We don't want to think it. And we don't want to talk about it. And we don't want to believe that we have let God down or let ourselves. So we have to cover it up. And when you cover things up, especially to God, you're saying this thing is going to be more delayed and more delayed. No. But what you have to do is you have to repent and acknowledge when you mess up. And when you do that, start calling for what you need. Whatever you need will still come. It's not too late. Amen? Why? Because we have the word on the inside of us. And God's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. So whatever you need, please repent and start calling it forth in Jesus' name. God know what you know of what you need, but you need to know that you can have it. Amen? And not be afraid to call for what you need. Not be ashamed of, of being in this position. But, you know, let God know that you're, because it's like this. When you call for what you need, you're letting God know you trust that he can do it. You're telling him, I believe that you can do this. My confidence is in you. It is not in my failures. My confidence is not in man. 
but my confidence is in you. And I know that you can bring me whatever it is that I need. You can do all things. There is nothing you can't do. And so call for what you need. God is with you in this. Amen. You are never alone. You are never in a situation alone. I don't care how you feel. That's the problem. We go by how we feel. We allow our feelings to dominate our lives and dictate who we are. But we are not who we feel like we are. We are more than conquerors. Amen. Through him who loves us. We are more than overcomers. We are victorious in him. So whatever you call for, know that you have the power within you to see it come to pass. It has to come out of your mouth, in your heart, to your mouth, from your mouth into to the, amen, where it can, God will put his hand on it, and it shall be. It shall be so. Don't ever not have confidence in what God can do. Don't ever not have confidence in what your voice can do. You can do this because you're strong enough. Amen? Hallelujah. But why, why, why do I say that we can do it? Because it's already done. It's already done. That's not a lot of wisdom. It's already done. So you're calling on things that be not in the natural as though they were, because they are. Amen? So call for what you need and ask God to help you, to keep you encouraged and keep you in faith. And you got to read your word to stay in faith. You just can't not read your word. You cannot not read your word and keep victory and get victory. You just won't do it. Yeah, you can sometimes uh, ride on other people's faith, but when it comes to creating something that we don't have in the natural, you have to consider not, and that comes from the inside, because you have to have a vision in the spirit. You have to have a spiritual vision of what God has already said, and that doesn't come through your flesh. It comes through the spirit. Your own nature can't conjure up a blessing. It can't, it can't conjure up a picture of your blessing. But your spirit man has the answers for you. Amen? So your spirit man can be very happy in, in the way things are and still see that promise and know that it's on its way. Amen? And never get tired. Your spirit man keeps you encouraged because you'll never run out of faith. Faith is there, amen. Be like Jesus and sleep through the storm. You notice he went and got him a pillar and went to sleep because he was at peace. When you're at peace, it's because you know that you know that you know that it's okay. He didn't panic because of the winds and the waves. He spoke to him and he went back to sleep. Okay, and so what we have to do is stay encouraged. Stay encouraged by stay out of the flesh. Stay out of the natural realm because we're spiritual beings. God has given us all things, and we know this. And so if we know that it's already done because he's already done it, then keep your mouth in that vein. Keep your eyes, what you see. Keep your wants and your, you know, keep your wants to, to whatever God has already said is for you. 
don't come wanting all of these natural things. Want Desire spiritual things. This is what I'm trying to say. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. And all these things, this natural stuff, you know, like house, car, all this stuff, it'll be added unto you. But desire spiritual things first, amen? But also desire the promises of God. Because he's already said yes and amen. He's already okayed what he's promised. Don't drop the promise. If you dropped it, pick it up again and stay out of the negative realm. Amen. Stay out of, stop listening to negative people. That stuff will rub off on you. Amen. By by 8 o'clock, you'll be negative too. And so you have to stay encouraged in the word and only trust what God is telling you about your future. No man knows your future. He don't even know his own, especially a negative person. And so you have to stay out of negativity. I don't know why I keep saying this, but somebody needs to stay encouraged. Amen. Stay encouraged. And sleep through the storms like Jesus did. Keep the faith with thanksgiving and praise to our God. Let him know that you're trusting him to break forth that seed. Amen. It's going to break forth. And if you, will, if you allow it. But if you stay on the negative side where you're not expecting anything, you won't get anything. And it won't be God's fault. I knew God wasn't going to do it. No, that's your attitude. That's your mouth, and that's your thinking, your stinking thinking. If you think it won't happen, then it won't. Amen? You have to be encouraged, you know, and you have to release your faith on these things, you know, so that God can breathe life to these things, and you speak life to them, and they come into the natural realm. Amen? You know, think on things that be not. Speak on things that be not as though they were because they already are. And don't don't be negative because I don't see it. Well, you know, it ain't right. Well, I saw somebody, but he didn't even look at me because that wasn't your husband. See, we're always looking. Looking at the wrong thing. But the person that God has for you, you probably bypassed him. Because that's how our flesh, our flesh desire things that's not good for us sometimes. Amen. So you can't go by how you feel. You can't go by what you see. You have to go by what God has said. Not even what you, if you said something one way, it's negative, repent and start talking the right way. Amen. And God will fulfill every promise. Why would he not? What reason would he have to not fulfill every promise? He has no reason to not do it. Because the more promises he fulfills, you know, the more people are encouraged in him. And that's what he wants. He wants us to be encouraged in him so we can encourage others. And so he doesn't, God doesn't get anything from not performing on his word. Amen. Because he's a God that never changes. He has not changed his mind. Look, when God gives you a promise, he never changes his mind. We change our minds. We get doubtful. We get angry. We get short patient. But he has not changed on us. Don't ever think that. Amen. God will send the rain to water the seed with your faith. Hallelujah. And the soil has its job to do, and it will do it.
Amen. Just like he raised Lazarus from the dead, he was sleeping. Lazarus not dead, he's sleeping. Well, Jesus was late. If he'd have come three days ago, my brother would be living. He's not dead, he's sleeping. Your seed is not dead, it's sleeping. Amen. So start to call forth that seed. And I don't care what anybody tells you, never give up on a promise from God. Man will fail you, amen, but God will never fail you. So it's harvest time. Receive what God has for you, amen. According to Amos 9:13, God, things will be happening so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of another. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. God means it. It's real. And it's happening. Why now? I don't know why because it's time. Amen. It is time. And it's time for us to start believing what God has said and stop having faith in our flesh and having faith in what God, what the devil is doing because the devil is not God. He does not have the last say-so. And this is one thing that I like telling the devil, you trespassing in my life. You don't have, you don't, you don't have anything to do with me or my life. Amen. He didn't give you life, and he really he can't take your life unless you surrender it to him. And so you need to get the devil out of your business. Amen. Start trusting God. Amen. Follow the rules and be happy. Amen. Now, this is one thing I want to say before we close. Resistance on the seed only makes you stronger. Amen. Resistance on the seed only makes you stronger. So these storms of life makes you stronger. Amen. They don't stop you. They don't stop you. You let them stop you. That's up to you. But the resistance on the seed makes you stronger. God has graced us to endure. He has graced us to endure hardships like a soldier. So hardships and all of these things, these storms of life, they're not uh, designed to stop you, but they are designed to make you stronger. Amen? Amen. So why don't we close? Father, we thank you.